What is a non-public school? Is it the same as a private school? Are you frustrated with your child's performance at a public school and you're considering other options? Well, today you are in the right place. Welcome to another episode of Thriving Special Families. I'm your host, Crystal Sanford. And today our topic will be, is a non-public school right for your child? I have the pleasure of having my guest, Lauren Donatelli. Hi, Lauren. Hi. So glad to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So parents, if you are watching us live, then welcome to Thriving Special Families. Please do add your questions or comments to the comment section, and we'll do our best to answer those along the way. If you're join, joining or listening to the podcast, then welcome to another episode of Thriving Special Families. It's your show where we offer insight, humor, and hope along your parenting journey. Lastly, always know that the information that is shared is for your informational purposes only. If you're in need of legal or medical advice, please do contact a professional in that area. So again, we have our special guest today, Lauren Donatelli. Lauren is a licensed educational psychologist providing services of assessment and intervention and consultation in a private practice setting. Lauren completed her bachelor's of science in uh, psychology at the University of Oregon, at which time she had the opportunity to serve children and their families as a child victim advocate. Uh, now, currently, Lauren is serving children from all backgrounds in San Diego, California, and in the surrounding areas. She's committed to completing assessments that consider the whole child and helping families to feel heard and supported along the way. That is beautiful, Lauren. Um, I'm just really uh, a person who loves story, and I really value uh, the story that all of us have to share. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about what led you to become a psychologist. Absolutely. Um, I first realized that I wanted to be an advocate for children during my undergraduate program when I was working with the district attorney's office, assisting children who had been abused, and I was assisting them and their families through the court process. Later on, when I was working as a behavior therapist, I came to realize that my passion was really in treatment design. I wanted to be part of the planning process, including identifying the child's needs and then designing a program to meet them. I started doing research, and that's what led me to school psychology. Having a family of my own is what drove me to private practice, and I am so grateful for that because it allows me to assess, design, and intervene in the way that I believe to be best for the child. And I'm able to spend more time with the family, making sure that they do feel heard and informed um, throughout the process. That's so great. I really uh, just uh, honor you for that and stepping out into your private practice. I felt the same way. You know, I worked over 20 years as a speech pathologist in public schools. And uh, there's just a certain level of connection that you can make with parents in that context. Uh, but you can just really empower families even more uh, when you have a private practice. So um, so I'm excited, excited to hear and see uh, the great things that you're doing. Um, and I know that in your experience as a psychologist, you've worked a lot with non-public schools schools. 
Um, so just kind of help us uh, have a, an, a working definition. What What is a non-public school? Um, a non-public school is a school for children whose needs cannot be met on a regular campus. So oftentimes these schools are made up of students who were previously attending a public school and they were not making progress in that setting, even given a, a wide range of supports and services. So at some point, the team comes together and decides, is this student in need of a different setting in order to make meaningful progress? And so a non-public school is a school that parents would need to access uh, through payment. So they have to pay for a fee for a public school or uh, I think even a district. Well, I know districts can uh, often uh provide the funding for that. But that's one of the differences. A non-public school, it's not private, it's not uh, it's not public, so meaning it's not free. Correct. It's yeah. not free. And um, I, I'll also correct what you said about the district being able to fund that through an IEP, mm -hmm. through the Individualized Education Plan. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so parents, uh, if you're just joining us, welcome again to another episode of Thriving Special Families. Uh, always know that our show is sponsored by Sanford Autism Consulting, helping you advocate for the education your child deserves. If you need IEP resources, check us out at SD, like San Diego, autismhelp.com backslash resources. So we're just diving into our discussion around non-public schools. Um, and so another idea uh, that I was thinking about as being an advocate is that sometimes teams in smaller districts may mention or may realize that, you know, they do not, they're not equipped to provide a child with faith with their free and appropriate education. But often it is the parent that is saying, um, you know, this public school does not have the resource support my child has for several years not made progress, and, and we really want to consider a non-public school. Is that what you've seen? Um, I have seen that. I have seen parents see, um, either on their own or with the help of an advocate or the like, um, that their child is not making progress in their current setting, and mm -hmm. them coming to the table and saying, okay, what else can we do? What is the next step? Where, mm -hmm. where else might their needs be better served, and what are the options? And what are some of the myths when you think about non-public schools that you've heard or have maybe had to explain to parents uh, as, as a psychologist? Um, one of the first myths that uh, comes to mind is that non-public schools are just for behavior kids or kids that have significant mm -hmm. behaviors. Mm -hmm. And that is not the case. Um, there are lots of programs out there, lots of non-public schools that serve kids with all sorts of different needs. Um, for example, learning disabilities, there are programs for that. And there are, you know, those kids might not have any behaviors. And so it's not just the behavior kids that would benefit from a non-public school setting. That's great. And, and you're spot on with that. I think oftentimes when we think about non-public school, we think about a kiddo who couldn't make it in a public school because they had behaviors, maybe they were, um, you know, a, a harm to themselves or others. And so they need to be put in, a, in a, a different environment. And that's not always the case there. And you're right. There are some great schools out there. Um, we have kiddos with, uh, you know, dyslexia who are maybe really struggling academically. And there may be some specialized programs that a non-public school could offer. Um, looks like we have a, a question already. Uh, Angie is saying, which programs do you recommend for a specific learning disability? Um, and I know uh, 
you, Lauren, probably have worked with a very a variety of programs as a psychologist. So I, I can imagine you don't have just one to recommend in, in that regard. Absolutely. Um, that's absolutely correct. There are several programs out there that provide students with um, with services that are tailored to specific learning disabilities. I would say it depends greatly on that particular student and their particular sets of needs and what their disability is. Um, so I think I would want to learn more about that student before recommending a program. Um, and you're absolutely welcome to email me and we can chat more about it um, mm -hmm. if you want some specific recommendations of what I've seen. But I think that it always comes back to what are the exact needs of that student and what is their particular disability and what are the programs that can meet those needs. That's great. And so, yes, uh, Lauren is definitely available to offer uh, consultation if you're looking for some more specific suggestions. Um, and so getting back to that non-public school idea, how does that differ from uh, maybe more specifically to kind of help parents wrap their brain around it? How does it differ from that public school environment? So I would say there are some a few major differences that um, pop up in my mind. The first one being the more obvious one, which um, is that on a non-public school campus, the majority of the students are students with disabilities, whereas on a regular campus or a public school, um, it's the minority of students that have disabilities. So when the students go to school, their peers are more similar in need to them. Mm -hmm. um, whereas that's not the case on a, a regular campus or a public school that they might be attending. Also, there's the ratio of um, teacher to student. So that's a really big difference between a public school and then a non-public school um, setting. So the student to teacher ratio is a lot smaller and what it is in particular depends on the needs of the student population at that particular school or program but um, also just the class size in general, just reducing the class size, um, which can make a big difference for kids, especially, you know, kids with special needs. And um, yeah. And then lastly, also there's the physical makeup. When I've walked onto campuses of non-public schools, um, they just, they're set up differently to meet the needs of those students. So for example, um, one school I'm really familiar with I walk in and every student has their own cubicle to reduce the distractions and they have visual supports and each student has a token board and a visual schedule and um, so they're supporting the students that way. Or mm -hmm. another school I'm familiar with, you walk in and every classroom has adaptive seating. Mm -hmm. um, the equipment might look different okay. if it's a school for deaf and hard of hearing or um, the technology being used. Um, mm -hmm. What comes to mind in particular, that is for a specific learning disability um, student population and and they use technology in a very different way. So just you know, when you walk onto a campus, it's it looks different, and the things and the tools they're using to meet the needs are different. Mm -hmm. That's great, and thank you for giving some good examples there about even just how physically the environment, how so many pieces um, may differ in that type of a, in a program. Um, something else that I, I thought about as you were talking there was about uh, the ability to have inclusion. And that's something to consider. You know, our topic is, you know, is a non-public school right for your child? And so um, to determine that each parent has to know their child and, you know, and, and it's a case by case decision. But one thing to consider is inclusion and mainstreaming and uh, that those opportunities are not as available 
on a non-public school campus. So do you value inclusion? Do you value your child having access to general education peers, uh, you know, for certain parts of the day for behavior modeling, social or, or whatnot? If that's really important to you, then you've really got to think about that if you're considering a non-public school placement, because they will primarily be in an environment with their peers. There will be other kiddos there um, who have IEPs, who have unique needs. Uh, that's why they're all there to get those specialized supports. So you've kind of got to weigh which, which one is more valuable and, and more of a requirement for your child. Um, what tips do you have, Lauren, for parents who are considering that non-public placement for their child? Um, well, just to speak to what you were just saying, that is absolutely a tip that I would give is to consider really why are you considering a change of placement? Mm -hmm. And um, what is it that you're hoping to achieve by that? And what are the pros and cons? Because there are pros and cons to both. And they're different for every individual student. And so weighing those pros and cons. And then also to do your research on that particular program and the other programs out there and to visit them. Um, because just because it's a non-public school does not mean that it's going to be better or it's going to be the best place for your child. So con considering your own child's needs and their temperament, how they also react to other students' behaviors and, um, and their needs, I think those are all things that need to be considered when making a decision, whether to switch to a non-public. That's great. That's, and, and visiting is super important. And I know these days with COVID and, and such things that can be a challenge, but if there is any opportunity for you to actually get on that campus, I would definitely recommend parents to do that um, as they're considering a non-public placement. We have another question here from the audience. We have Julianne. Uh, and Julianne says, I've heard a private school isn't by law to follow an IEP like a public school? How can I make sure the IEP is at least utilized to help my child be successful? Um, so this is a great question. Thank you for asking, Julianne. So um, first thing is that we wanna delineate a little bit between a non-public school versus a private school. Um, and so a private school is a, a school that is open to any child uh, whose parents have the funds to be able to pay for that education. And it is a general education of a private school. Um, there's only a couple of private schools that I know about in San Diego County that offer um, special education services to any degree. So a private school may be like your Catholic, you know, private school, um, or, you know, so maybe there are other private schools. Those are for general education students. A non-public school, like what we're discussing today, is specifically for children who have unique needs, who have identified uh, disabilities and, uh, and are require special education to the degree that the least restrictive environment for them is being in that separate school. Um, so that being said, um, uh, Julianne says she's heard that it's, uh, they're not required to follow the law like an, uh, uh, to follow the law of an IEP like a public school. Um, and, and how can we make sure that the IEP is being utilized if your child is in a non-public school? Um, do you have anything to speak to that, Lauren? Um, well, like you said, it's there's a distinction between the non-public and the private. And so at the non-public, the IEPs are very much, um, they're very much considered and they're very much implemented that, and they do have to be at the non-public school setting. Um, with the private school setting, I have worked with some privates 
And it's, um, it is a little bit different, but I would say just my advice or my recommendation would be just to get yourself involved in that process. Um, and if you don't feel comfortable or, you know, it feels intimidating because I know that can be the case at times then to getting, getting someone else, you know, like an advocate or a consultant on your um, team to help you get more involved, just to be there to make sure that you're, you have open communication with the teacher, with the school, um, because that is so important anyways, in in any situation, just to have that um, strong communication and what's working, what's not working, um, what can we do to support and how can we make it easier, you know, for this IEP to be implemented in the classroom and um, so I just think that's that's always um, the best way to go is to just do what you can to strengthen that um, relationship between school and home. And if you don't feel comfortable then getting help to do so. Yes. And 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 I think that's so foundational, like you said, having that home school communication, having parents really be active members of their child's education. Uh, it's, that's vital. You know, um, and I think about uh, federal law, IDEA, that that as our uh, nation's law that governs special education. In 30 years of research, they found that the kiddos who were doing the best, uh, who were receiving special education, were those whose parents had the opportunity to meaningfully participate in their education. And so, you know, even research has shown that when parents are involved, kids do better. And so um, that's the same in a public school or a non-public school or a private school. Um, one thing to consider, I know that, uh, you know, Julianne's question was around, you know, getting teams to support you and to, to follow uh, supports, uh, possibly like from an IEP. A private school is not required to do that. They have their own uh, rules and regulations. But I have seen some flexibility with some private schools. I've seen some, if you know, where a parent has brought in a plan or a diagnosis and uh, that private school uh, made the decision to implement some of those things for the benefit of the child. So there is a space to see some flexibility there. Um, if you're asking, if you're sharing your information, um, you know, and if you've got a really good team that's really ready to, to work with the whole child, you might be able to, to make some progress in that environment. Um, and I had a question, uh, Lauren, for you. Uh, do you have any other tips or recommendations for our parents in regards to uh, that non-public school? Um, let's see. I would say just reach out if it's something you're considering. Um, reach out to the people that um, you feel might be able to help you along the way, because I think that this topic can be really daunting and overwhelming. And, um, and if it's not, you're not in the field and it's not your, it's not in your wheelhouse, your area of expertise, um, it can be, you know, it can feel overwhelming. So I think reaching out and um, just getting more information and just getting support can be really helpful in this process, like yeah. with anything else. I agree. I agree. No, you know, really d diving deep into that. I know sometimes I, I've heard parents get just really frustrated, really mm -hmm. frustrated with the public school environment. You know, kids are overwhelmed. They're not getting services and parents. I'm just going to pull them out. And uh, or I think my kid deserves to be in a non-public school. And I really encourage parents, uh, all of my parents to think with the end in mind. OK, so if you're considering filing a complaint, looking to get a district to to pay for your child to go to a non-public school, 
go to that school, like you said, Lauren, observe in that, that environment, talk to other parents who have kiddos there, really know what it is you want your child to get into and, and as best as possible, make sure that's a good fit for them before you go through the, the work and the effort to get them into that placement. Because um, sometimes I've seen other parents that have gotten their child in that non-public environment and, they, and it said it, and it didn't work because um, they realized that they really wanted their child to have access, like I said, to gen ed peers or um, in environments where maybe their child had some mild behaviors. Other kiddos in the non-public school had more behaviors so that they saw that their child, you know, was beginning to imitate some of that. Um, mm -hmm. I've also seen it go well, I, I, especially like you said, for like learning disability and some of those uh, who, children who have maybe lesser needs uh, or don't have behavior needs, I've seen some of them thrive because they're in a smaller environment. Like you said, they've got access to materials that they didn't have in a, in a public school. So it really depends on your child, on what their needs are. And I would just encourage parents to, to get involved and to do some research and talk to other parents who have been accessing non-public schools as well. Um, do you, Lauren, maybe have a story of a parent you've worked with whose uh, child was successful at non-public school? Oh, absolutely. I don't have a particular story about um, about that in mind, but I, I work with um, I worked with a lot of different families from non-public schools who. Um, well, okay, I do actually. One came to mind. Okay, I have one. Um, it's a tearjerker, though. I Aww. worked with a family who um, whose mom. The, there were there were a couple of boys and they had been in a non-public school placement and made a ton of progress um, and the so much progress that the district would otherwise have been considering bringing the student back to the district mm -hmm. um, to do an, a program within the district because he had been he had done so well and he was he was really mm -hmm. thriving and um, the reason they did not was because the mom was actually she had cancer and um, she had a poor prognosis and it was her one wish was to keep her child at this school because she had seen how it had so greatly turned his life around. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there was not a, you know, a dry eye at that IEP meeting, I can tell you. So, um, so I have seen, you know, a lot of success and a lot of real inspiring and, and touching stories um, in my time in working with the non-public schools. Absolutely. That's wonderful. And you bring up a great point. Uh, well, first of all, that is a, an amazing story. And I personally have been touched by cancer. So it really, uh, you know, uh, resonates with me uh, about that and uh, the passion that you have for your kiddos, uh, especially during times like that. Um, but you bring up a really good point about the child's ability to transition. So something for parents to consider is that maybe your child is in a space where, you know, there's the gap is widened. You really want to help to, you know, fill in some of these uh, holes in their education. You want to try to, you know, shrink that gap in their learning. So maybe, yes, a non-public school is the right decision, but maybe for a season. And so maybe they're there for a year or two or three with the idea that eventually they may transition back to a public school you know, once, you know, they've gained some skills or, or made some progress. So that is something to consider as well. Absolutely. And I know that's always the intent, um, at least on the district side, when they send a kid off to a non-public, that the idea is that they will um, decrease that gap and then be able to, to be able to come back. So I've, 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 fortunately, I've seen that happen a few times. 
That's good because ideally that really is what the what the law states uh, and, and it was really founded on providing a free and appropriate education for kiddos in the least restrictive environment. And so if a non-public school is the least restrictive environment for a season, then then so be it. And then, you know, schools do have an onus to help to fund that. Um, however, if a child's skills improve, then the least restrictive environment may become now the public school. Um, and so, um, you know, it's something for parents to, to be aware of as well, that a kid throughout their academic career could transition between both kinds of environments. Absolutely. So, Lauren, uh, any parting words? Do you have any uh, information that you can share uh, about how parents can contact you or uh, a little bit more about the services that you offer? Absolutely. Um, I think that the easiest way for parents to contact me and just learn a little bit, um, a little bit more about me and my services that I provide would be my website. So that is ldonatelli. Uh, lep.com. And there's more information there. I'm also available by email always, ldonatellilep at gmail.com. And also phone number as well, um, 415-827-8597. And don't be fooled by the area code. I am a San Diego <laughs> resident. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but I can imagine, and that is a good question you bring up in our last uh, minutes together. Uh, what if, Because we do have parents, we reach out to parents across the country. So um, mm -hmm. is there anything different that you would share with a parent that might be outside of California? Um, well, the rules are different. Um, from state to state, I have heard from people all over the country that California is like a unicorn. So I know that the way we do this here is very different than everywhere else, pretty much. So um, I would definitely, um, you know, if you're not in California, you would have to do a little more research or talk to someone that is um, where you are, because the rules do, they differ for sure. Definitely. And I always encourage parents, if you are outside California, to contact either uh, an advocate or a, a special education attorney in your area, because I can imagine that they probably would have a lot of information around this topic as well. So great. You, uh, parents, if you have been listening and, and we've piqued your interest around the non-public school environment, definitely reach out to Lauren. She is a great resource. And I'm so glad that you're able to be here with us today, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, someone, uh, we have Angie who was listening and she says, can you please repeat your phone number? Absolutely. It's 415-827-8597. Awesome. And if you are looking for assessments in the area uh, for your child, let's say you're a child has an IEP, you're in a public school environment and you have just not been happy or you don't agree with your team's assessment, then you do have the right as a parent to request IEEs, Independent Educational Evaluations. Uh, and that's where Lauren comes in. She can do an independent psychological evaluation for your child through her practice. Um, and at Sanford Autism Consulting, we can also offer you a speech and language evaluation for your child, uh, a, pri a private evaluation through the IEE process as well. So feel free to reach out to us. And uh, we're just so happy to be here. Always, uh, if you have questions, contact us at sdautismhelp.com. And parents, remember, you're going to be okay and your child is going to be okay too. Have a great day. Thank you.